Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everybody. On today's Glamour podcast, I'm joined by Glamour's Leanne Bailey and award-winning author Sophie Kinsella. And we are going to sort out so many life problems for you that you're going to know that everything is, hey, okay. Hello, Glamour listeners. It's so great for you to join us again for another edition of Glamour. Hey, it's okay. Today, I am joined by Glamour's content editor. We're so modern. We have a content editor, Leanne Bailey. Hello. Hello. Hi. Another little podcast version. I like to break them all in. And joined today also the award-winning author, Sophie Kinsella. Hello. Thank you for joining us. It's such a treat. Do you know what? It was a, I, I was very um, reassured because I'd lost count of how many books you have written. And then we've just discovered that you have actually lost count. Yeah, do you, did, did you Did you have the... <laughs> we got the number. We reckon it's 23. Yeah. 23. We've done an audit. And the new book, My Not So Perfect Life, is that 24 or is that 23? I reckon that's 23, but now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> it's a oh test. Oh, my God. Every, everything in life is a test. <laughs> that's right. It's all about the numbers. Yeah. And so how did you feel writing that like, that final book? <laughs> exactly. I'm done now. 23 and you're out. Yeah. Uh, do you know, it was a real joy to write this book because it's got so much in it that I wanted to say about about modern life, about social media, about trying to be perfect. and that's how- a Thing. it's very themed around that mm. that FOMO feeling that we all have we all have that I yeah have it death, like, all the time yeah well it, I think it's in us all and it's probably always been there but modern life sort of exacerbates it because we're just we have images thrust at us all the time of other people's lives and we measure ourselves yeah. more than I think we did and we look at our lives and we judge them you know we watch interiors programs and they like well that has to go and that has to go and so we look at our own flat and think oh no it's so interesting because I know there's you know there's often the charge that beautiful uh, models in magazines make people feel miserable but I'm telling you it's people's beautiful homes in interiors magazines that make me really <laughs> depressed oh me no too. one's getting up in arms about that no sleek lovely kitchens yeah. slimline I mean there's a kitchen problem isn't there I don't believe it it's like <laughs> some people actually have that environment to live in the, the no. wardrobes all the time like how do people have these most amazing wardrobes I'm like oh I need some shelf action like that no well actually in the light of this book I started this Instagram feed my not so perfect life and people have been po- posting reality and it's just so refreshing like an untidy playroom or an umbrella being broken by the wind or I put in genuinely I put a load of onions in the oven thinking I'll do kind of glazed onions like they do in the magazines and I forgot about them 
and they came out like lumps of coal. So I was like, but it was a plus. I was like, okay, I can post these on my other Instagram page <laughs> where things don't have to be glossy and perfect. It was actually quite therapeutic. Was there any particular image on social media that was thrust into your life that uh, inspired the book? Was there any light bulb moment you thought, I've got to write about this? Do you know? No, I think it's just the stream and mm. the realisation that it's it's taken something that was in us anyway. And what's interesting about my heroine is that it's not just actually the social media that freaked her out it's looking at other people she's come to London and I think that's a, a, a big thing in the book that she's fantasized about London it's her dream life she's kind of managed to get herself on the bottom rung of the ladder and she projects and I think we can all do this so she looks at her boss in particular she has this amazing glamorous older female boss and she looks at her and basically thinks yeah you have the perfect life mm. she sees her professional facade she sees the clothes the house you know the job the power the connections and she just assumes that the entire picture must be happy and perfect yeah. and the book is the relationship between this younger girl and this older woman and it's more about these two women than it is really a love story or anything like that and it's quite a lot about office politics and sort of power struggles and she gets to know her through plot machinations mm. no no spoilers but she she gradually learns that this uber woman has got her own issues and that everybody does and that i mean there's a character in the book who says whoever put out the rumor that life should be perfect is a very wicked person and i think that's what she learns but it takes her time but who did put out the rumor i think it's just something we all did to ourselves it's you know it, it comes about that thing that i was thinking that people think of happiness as a destination once i've got this once i've got the car once i've got the job once i've got into that pair of jeans then i'll be happy Exactly. And there's no such place where no, everything's amazing? No, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, it all sounds trite, you know, want what you have. But there is something in it. And I think it starts when we're little and we're at school. And, of course, we're all striving to get, you know, good marks. And these messages are drummed into us. Try, try, achieve, achieve. And that's fine, but not if you apply it to life. Because life will be life. You know, you can't just work hard and get 100% in life that's that's never going to happen and you'll be miserable if that's what you think it is but a lot of people would be looking at your life and thinking she's uber powered she's connected she's got the fabulous wardrobe she's got the fabulous career did were you just lucky enough that you always knew what you wanted to do or how did it come about that you have become well, I mean, I have been incredibly lucky to find oh. what I wanted <laughs> to do. It's only women who always say that. It's only women who say, oh, I was lucky. I was it's lucky. Like, but no, I will yeah. say I also made choices. Mm. You know, I mean, I have chosen to write lots of books and also to have lots of children. Um, but yeah, I don't got have five, I have children, five children. Right? <laughs> well, no wonder you forgot about the onions, babe. Yeah, exactly. You. <laughs> but you know what? My, yeah. my Achilles heel is sort of save hobbies. And people go, yeah. oh, I've got this amazing project I'm doing in my spare time. And I'm like spare time what that? what so that's my thing but see I have one child and I don't have any spare time no how so what are, do you drug your children and just sit them in a corner <laughs> I, I don't know how old they are but well I had them very spread out I had them in batches I could only cope with them in batches I had two yeah. and a seven-year gap and another one and a four-year gap and two more see that there's, there's Leanne doesn't have children no. this is like you left a long enough gap to mm. forget just how chaotic it was. Yes, that was my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have no spare time? That's what I'm really confused about now. Well, I do. I remember that. Um, I don't remember what I used to do before I had 
a child. I used to watch telly. Oh, I miss that. Actually, I miss watching just sitting down in the evening and saying, you know what, I'll just watch telly all night and I don't even care what's on. Do you know what our secret shame was pre-children was to lie in bed hungover every Sunday and not get out until Hollyoaks was over. And oh. that was like 12.30. <laughs> yes. Yes, breakfast in bed and just rubbish TV Oh, no, no on. breakfast. No, that was too much effort. No, just, just lie there. The pizza yeah. at 3 p.m. if it was a hangover. Yeah, I know. And so what's next on the horizon for you? You're promoting your book at the moment? Promoting my book. Yes, it's all about that. And then mm-hmm. I'm also writing another one to come out next year. So always busy. But, you know, it's, it's fun. It's good. I love it. What I wanted to talk about is, Sophie, as we talk about on this podcast, we, we try to set many life dilemmas to rights. I'm not sure how successful we are. We quite often have raging rows in features meetings and quite often we do on the podcast as well. But Excellent. <laughs> and taking up your theme of nobody's perfect, do you think it's okay? Hey, is it okay to be really untidy? I will put not one hand up. You can't see podcasts. I've got my two hands up to admit I am so messy, particularly at home. I try, try, try. But um, one day, when you hear that my husband's died, it will be because he's tripped over a pair of my shoes and fallen down the stairs. And he, <laughs> you know, I'm terrible. It just, it's almost like an amnesia, I think. Again, because I've got too much to do. Sort of things get left where they're dropped. No interiors magazines ever come into my house. What about you? I'm exactly the same. I don't believe you. No. Oh, Oh my goodness. I need to check out this <laughs> Instagram account. Listen <laughs> yeah. to this. He's really going to laugh. No, 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 no. See, on my Instagram account, it's all tidy. And I've got all these lovely shots of me working at my desk. But, you know, I'm not going to show the real squalor that exists. So I sort of scoop it all away and sit at a nice tidy desk and sit up straight. Also, <laughs> this is a fabrication. Um, uh, but the reality is, it's almost a superstition with me. I start a book and stuff starts to mount up because I often plan with file cards. So there'll be file cards in a great pile. There'll be notes. There'll be this. There'll be... And it's almost like... I can't tidy it away until I finish the book. See, I like, I sell myself the myth that I'm being really, really creative. Yes, you know, let's go with that. Yeah, That's good. it's like, you know, I can't possibly think of wild, great ideas for the magazine if, if all I'm doing is tidying my desk. No, and also there's a kind of context. I find it's like a memory map. You sit down at your desk and the sight of that weird crumpled post-it reminds you of that thing you thought of yesterday. Mm. And if it all got cleared away, this is why I couldn't do hot desking. I would, desking. You know? No, I, I think that's another one of the modern inventions of Satan. Yeah. Hot desk. How do people yeah. remember anything? Because yeah. I remember stuff. I sit down and it's like this visual little map of stuff impinges I'm, on me. I need somebody to keep my tampons, man. It's got to be in my <laughs> desk. Do you know what I mean? Have they thought that through, actually? I don't know. No. Are you supposed to just carry around your tampons and your toothpaste <laughs> in it? I don't know. Actually, I had a friend who worked somewhere and she wasn't allowed a bin. No one was allowed a bin because you weren't supposed to have anything that would require being thrown oh, away. Oh, that is hardcore. Oh, yeah, I, I do know one major fashion house who operates a similar kind of policy. And it's like, you know, and, and I hear stories about people just spending a lot of effort every day just keeping their space tidy because they get disciplined if but they don't. But how many hours do they spend on this? I, I don't mean, know. Isn't it a waste of time and I think so that said it's nice it must be nice to be those people who immediately know where their p60 is to file their tax return and you know I I mean things like that I had a driving test long story I had to have a driving test and and I had the driving instructor waiting outside to take me to the test at half past six in the morning and I could not find the apparently essential bit of green paper that I needed to take to this test screaming crying throwing the house apart I did find it but so Oh, I'm totally with the whole clean desk, clean mind. Like, I have to tidy really? my desk. But 
my desk isn't tidy all the time but there are moments of when I really need to like buckle down if my desk is tidy I feel a lot more peaceful about doing work no yeah. it's just me well I think at the beginning of a project I'm with you but when I'm in the throes of it that for me is a priority and actually to be honest everything else in my life goes when I'm in a book I mean it's not just the desk it's the whole house and it's the cooking and it's remembering you know which child needs rugby kit so yeah um unfortunately tidy desk gets pushed way down can you not get some of your kids to look after some of the other kids? You would I think. I mean, there's so many of them. You would think. <laughs> yeah. I, I have four boys and then a girl. Oh, well. And then. I think possibly if I had a sort of stream of girls, they might be sort of have motherly instincts towards the little ones. But oh. as it is, not so much, no. No, you need to, you need to beat some feminism into those, into those strapping lads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, have, I, have either of you Marie Kondo'd your house well, or attempted? I've started the book and I'm so into it, but I... I haven't yet realised what sparks me joy yet. I need to do the big declutter, but it's just, it, there's too much time. I haven't got time to do the declutter, and that's the first phase. I, mean, I do I do like spark joy as a phrase, yes. and I think I think there is a truth to it, that things can spark joy. See, my problem is all my things spark joy, <laughs> for, for one reason or another. And I just, I would have to quit my job and spend the next 18 months decluttering my house. And I just, I parted company with Marie when she told me that my socks were sad for being in a ball. When I got to the point where the socks are upset being rolled in a ball instead of placed parallel to each other, it's like, I'm done. I can't, I, I actually can't give this book any more validation. I got as far as you have to take everything carefully out of your bag and thank it for the, what it's done for you in the Thank day. you, Harry Toffee. You know, and I yeah. was just sort of, do I have that time in my day? Don't think I do, actually. But nevertheless, I do like the idea of, you know, being a bit ruthless and looking at that yeah. jacket, which you just know deep down was a huge mistake. Oh, and I've but just got so it many. might come back might into come fashion. Back. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, it might come back. You just don't well, know. Well, it's true, and I have been caught out. You know, yeah. I threw away all this Fair Isle stuff once. You and the see? next year, Fair Isle was the hugest thing. Come oh. to the messy dark side. <laughs> There's a lot of joy there, I promise. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> 
is it okay, guys, to live your life with a celebrity role model? Like, you know, in the olden days, people were guided by the Bible, perhaps. Mm. Today, I feel like celebrity culture is sort of a new religion. And do you think that people are genuinely like the way they might have looked at their horoscopes thinking, well, in this situation, this is what Jennifer Aniston did. So this is what I'm going to do. What do you guys think? I think that we do it, but I think we actually use these celebrities to reaffirm what we deep down believe and know. Mm. So with, with me, I mean, I was thinking about this. Who would I pick? Michelle Obama, I would pretty much look up to and think, yes, Michelle Obama, what you did, I will do, whether it's being dignified or whether it's um, being feminist or whether it's having, you know, great arms because you work out every day. The truth is, I don't really know Michelle Obama. <laughs> I don't have any evidence that she thinks this or that. But it's I true, sort we of, feel like we do that, I've don't projected we? onto yeah. her, but I feel like I'm taking the best bits of what I know about her and just using it as a bit of, like, inspiration. And I think that's okay, as long as I don't now believe that I know her and she's my best friend. See, but it's so funny you say that, actually, because I, would, I was just about to launch into, no, I don't care, I would never look at what a celebrity does and sort of like use it as my life guide but I kind of do have a raging um, platonic crush on Michelle Obama uh, and see. so you've, you've brought up the one example where it's like yeah, if, I, <laughs> if I could be like Michelle Obama the only thing we've got in common is a love of J. Crew. I think it's like you know we that that's just, that's how I feel aligned that will take you a long Mrs. way though. yeah and great arms Joe. great arms yeah. I think hers are slightly I you know I wouldn't like to be put in an arm wrestle against <laughs> Michelle. I know who'd come off second best there. But don't but, we all feel like we know her? Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. where it gets, you know, a little bit worrying, where we look at them and sort of take three things and then build that into a whole personality. I'm, I'm not often reassured by celebrities. I mean, you know, speaking again of social media culture and FOMO, I, you know, this, the surest way to feel inadequate for me is to spend a lot of time looking at celebs on yet another Mexican glamorous holiday or you know, things like that the only time that I felt reassured that I remember was Kylie Minogue saying something about her beauty secret was just getting her makeup artist to slather her entire body in makeup <laughs> so I love you for saying that because you know at almost the same age as Kylie and sort of blotchy of skin I just thought oh thank you for just telling the truth about that you know but well exactly and I yeah. think that's why it's all the more powerful when they do open up yeah. and admit that they're tired or that they find you know being away from their family really hard when they're on on the film set I think it, it counts for more because you see this amazing life and you think well nothing can possibly be wrong and then when they say it you're like oh it's okay yeah. if you find these things hard then I'm certainly allowed to uh, so that can be good. Well, that's why I love Chrissy Teigen, because she's so honest about everything she does, whether it's her, you know, her stretch mark, her cellulite, the fact that she's not wearing any makeup and looks terrible today. Like, I do really like it when they're really honest. Do you think, I don't know, with Chrissy, I love Chrissy Teigen, she's endlessly entertaining, but is it honest or is that just her brand? Mm. You, do you know what I mean? It's like, there's, yeah. there's a fine line, I think. So I don't know if I'd live my life by the way Chrissy Teigen does, not that I could, but she's, I don't know, I think she's one of the new breed, I think, who's sort of like very bombastic and loud and honest in adverted quest. I don't know. Well, but what is honest these yeah. days? You yeah. know, the makeup-free selfie, but it's jolly well lit, isn't it? And it's taken Well, from exactly. A- and, you know, some of them have been honest about the fact that that, that off-the-cuff selfie took about 50 attempts, you know, so I don't know. I don't know whether I, I, I'm trying hard. 
you've done it with Michelle, but I'm trying hard to think of a celebrity who I think, yeah, I really want to be like that because I always, I, I, I can't be like any of them, so I kind of discount it to begin with. Well, they've all got like how-to guys on how to be them like them. Like Kate Hudson's got a book and. Uh, Lauren Conrad's got a book, and Gwyneth Paltrow has got famously the whole goop thing. Yeah. So you can read up on how to be like them if you really want. <laughs> and people must do. They do. And I will admit to have followed some of these recipes. I followed a Gwyneth one once. It cost me about £100 to make <laughs> one small snack. And did you feel closer to Gwyneth in that moment? Um, I did feel maybe I'll get radiant. You know, maybe this will make me radiant, because look at all these pictures. I mean... It's, it's a ridiculous thing. We know that it's all just posed and lovely, but we, we fall for it. And I think there's a bitterness that just viscerally responds to these images and believes them. It, it kind of disturbs me to think that then maybe there w- were a legion of disciples out there who went, oh, my God, that's an amazing idea. I'm going to go and get my vagina steamed. Do you remember she famously wrote about some, some, there was some sort of steam I cleaning that. technique that sounded extremely painful I to me. I feel like that but, might have been just one step too far. Just a tad. I mean, did we read anybody online saying, I've just done it too? I, I didn't notice that. I've, you know, you see people saying, I've just made these amazing muffins. But have we seen that? I haven't come across it. I guess, you know, points for putting it out there. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've struggled to think of, I, I think with me, I just try to do the best I can every day. I, um, I find it difficult enough comparing my life to, just my circle of friends on Facebook who seem to be getting it better than me. So I can't actually take in looking at what a celebrity does in their everyday and comparing myself to that. So I, I just discount myself from it altogether in a way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, Victoria from In The Throw, the blogger. Yes. She... Hi, Victoria. <laughs> Hello, Victoria. Yeah. Um, she recently posted about how you should unfollow the people that don't make you happy. And I actually kind of believe that I need to do a little bit of a call. Oh, who doesn't make you happy? Are you going to name and shame? Mm, am I going to name and shame? I just think it's a lot of these you know, Instagram stars who are lying on yachts looking all beautiful and I'm just in the office, which I love, by the way, Joe. Yeah, but- the <laughs> there's nowhere better, especially in the depths of January. Have you posted yeah. yourself lying in your office going, woohoo, look at me? I mean, I mean that's what I'm going to do straight after this. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. She did just have a seriously annoying holiday too. I know, right? Was it Morocco? Uh, Mauritius. Mauritius. Mm-hmm. Even worse. <laughs> I read your book and I loved it. <laughs> oh, you're so nice. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, you, you know, we all just fall for it, don't we? And and do they post the the grotty pictures of them struggling through the airport when their bag's been lost and no, I mean, this is the trouble. Well, it's, it's in fairness, just... I'm not going to do that either. Well, no, but, but, but then we're all just, you know, relaying the edited highlights the whole time. It's like just watching a constant trailer um, and never seeing the meat and, you know, the reality. Just a quick note, everybody, to say we are loving getting your feedback um, via iTunes. Please do subscribe. Search Glamour Hates OK on iTunes and uh, leave a review. And you may end up with your review not only read out on the podcast, but actually ending up in your reward in a little Glamour package from me personally. So do do that. This one, I feel like I'm opening a particular elven can of worms here. <laughs> That's a lovely phrase, isn't it? <laughs> Come around for dinner. Uh, so it's, is it okay to be oversensitive? Now, obviously, I think we'd all say it's not really okay, is it? It's quite damaging, but plenty of us are. Mm. Double hands up again. I am terrible for 
reading into everything that everybody says and somehow assuming it's some sort of slight against me. And it sort of always feels like really weak to even admit that. You're nodding along, Sophie. I'm oh, hoping you're going to agree yeah. with me. No, I mean, I completely relate. And I've done it my whole life. You know, my speciality is always coming away from what's been a lovely dinner party and then analysing the whole thing on the way home and thinking, wait, when I said that, did they give me a funny Yes, look? especially if you add alcohol. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, did they take that the wrong way? Yes. Have I hurt that person? My husband just sits there going, what? What? What are you on? And I do think it is a particularly female tendency that's sort of like overthinking, overanalyzing. Yeah, that perfectionist trait. Yes. Again, could I have... I mean, being a novelist is the worst because then you go back and edit what you should have said. Yes, and but you can't do that in real life and you just have to think no it's fine um i mean i actually had what's called cognitive behavioral therapy oh no this point. is interesting yeah. yeah well it was for anxiety i got very anxious about my children um in a sort of really quite extreme way so i went to see this lovely lady and what was interesting is she gave me this sheet of what's called unhelpful thought patterns and you know how we would just think we're really unique well honestly i was like oh yeah i do that i do that I do that. Okay, I'm not so unique. I'm just another person with messed up thinking. And one of them was mind reading. Right. Where you look at people and you think, oh, I bet they think that. Oh my God, it's so true. Yeah. It's the same. We've talked on this podcast before about the imaginary arguments I have in my head with people. And then in my head I answer and I get really annoyed about the things that I've imagined that they've said that they've never said. And it's, it, I think it's the same kind of ballpark. Yes, yeah. that's, that's really funny. Do you yeah. then feel really cross with that person oh, when yeah. you see them? Yeah. <laughs> like when you dream about someone and they did something really awful. And I have to remind myself that they did not say the thing that yeah. was the argument in my head. Yeah. yeah. But it's a very difficult habit to get out of. If you've yeah. started this, this negative thinking, then you just believe it. And, and you, then you never question it. You don't ever think, wait, my brain may not be doing a really sensible thing right now. You just go with the flow and it can get worse and worse. So what techniques have helped you with that? One thing that um, somebody told me ages ago was it's really, not only is it none of your business what other people are thinking, that's quite a liberating thing in a way, but also it's quite arrogant to think that to walk away from a conversation and think that everything that was said has somehow a reflection on you and somehow about you. Do you know? So that's kind of helped me a lot with that thought process. I think it's stepping to the side, looking at your own thoughts with a bit of dispassion and sort of not buying into them, but yeah. just saying, that's interesting. I'm feeling really freaked out about this person. Let's just look at if that is really true or not true. But also critically, not judging yourself, mm. not lurching then straight into, oh, I'm just too sensitive. You know, I'm so rubbish. I should just be more robust. Why do I think like this? Just, just allow yourself to have had that reaction and think, okay, that's, you know, not very positive, but let's just calmly think about it. And it's, I'm not saying I can always do this. I still freak out you know all the time but I think I'm a bit better at mm. just trying to have a bit of distance I do wonder again coming back to your book and this social media theme you know we've seen a lot of response in the magazine where if we do something on these kind of topics and anxiety there's a whole swathe of people out there who really identify with that and I do wonder again if it's this new digital age that we're in that's you know just really exacerbated all of these mm kind well, of critical I mean, self-thoughts it's interesting you know the sort of that word distance I don't think anybody has enough distance yeah. at, at the moment from other people from responding to situations straight away no one's allowed to just have the evening off and let something kind of 
gently drift into the past. It's, mm. it's there, it's in your face, and everybody responds straight away. Um, and I don't think that's very healthy. And I really, I think you're right that the social media just exacerbates things that were already there. Mm. Everything's faster, um, and it's just all pervasive. Now, interestingly, when we were discussing, maybe talking about oversensitivity, Leanne had to have it explained to her. <laughs> And I was so jealous of you in that moment where I was explaining, well, sometimes I just really freak out about everything that everybody says in a way that I don't need to. And you were like, oh. This is so alien to me, honestly. (laughs) I need to get in your head. I think in real life, this does not affect me in the slightest. But online, as in if I get an email, I read the email in a certain way in my head. That it might be a, a more cheerier way, but really I read it in an angry way. That's the only time that I feel like I might get sensitive about things. But that's, that's only, that's it. I never so you've always... never walked away from like coffee with a girlfriend and suddenly thought, oh, wait, the thing I said about the thing. Yeah. Was she upset? No. Oh, what did she really mean when she said I looked fine? You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's fine. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What did my boss mean when he said that was good? Did he mean good or did he mean he just wasn't excellent enough to say anything better about it? You know, like, yeah. But if that had been written down in an email, I would have been like, they said good, they said fine. So maybe it's just how I interpret it via email. Well, That's of course, you, when you're with someone, you have more signals to read, yes. don't you? And I think this is another thing with social media is we don't, we, we're humans and we respond to you know, body language mm. and the look in someone's eye and charisma. And when you're just getting something on a screen, none of that is available to you. So mm-hmm. you just have to go on one visual image, which is why we all project these perfect people. And then in an email, we don't have that nice jokey tone or yeah. the kind voice that we're supposed to go with the message. So we can completely take it the wrong way. So when you were writing My Not So Perfect Life, have you come away with any epiphany for the way you're going to live your life from now on? Or are you just as stuck in this social media swamp as the no, rest of us? <laughs> funnily enough, I really think it did change my outlook. Right. I, you know, I, I have more of a perspective on all these social media pictures. I think I, I don't feel that my life is ever going to be perfect and I don't want it to be perfect and it shouldn't and I'm certainly this is a message I keep trying to say to my children and like I say because I started this Instagram my not so perfect life when something goes wrong it's a good I actually feel that little rush buzz like oh good something bad happened that I can post on that page (laughs) you know what we should all have this it's like the sort of the side draw you sort of giving your youngest sort of like pots of honey to smear yeah, all around the house exactly like, yeah. but you know what if we had that as a device we could all have that buzz of oh good the bad thing happened because i needed that to happen so what's this instagram account, account called again my not so perfect right life. i think i'm immediately coming out of this room <laughs> and following you thank you so much for joining us today so we can sell thank you it's and leanne fun. bailey thank you Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.